Hello, and welcome to Harp Column Podcast, taking you behind the stories in Harp Column from a practical harpist perspective. My name is Christina Finch, and I will be your guide to all things harp. Music for today's episode comes from a selection of featured CDs in the July-August 2018 issue of Harp Column, where our resident music critic, Allison Young, looks back at her favorite recordings. As promised, episode 42 features Harp Column's current editor, Allison Reese. If you don't know Allison, you're in for a treat. She's an absolutely lovely person with a pretty incredible story. As you may know, this month marks the 25th anniversary of Harp Column. That's 25 years of bringing practical news to practical harpists throughout the world. Allison has been a part of this magic for the past 15 years, starting out as an intern and eventually being named editor of the magazine. I thought it would be nice to get to know Allison a little better through her harp story and where she was in life when she first became involved with Harp Column magazine. I grew up in Indiana in a little town nowhere near Bloomington, which when you say Indiana in the harp world, everybody just assumes that you are from Bloomington, but there are other parts of the crossroads of America. I started playing the harp, I guess I was in second grade, a chamber group, a percussion chamber group from the Fort Wayne Philharmonic came to my elementary school and I was a little second grader and I saw the harp and I was just blown away. I was enamored by it. And I had been taking piano lessons for a few years at that point, but I begged my parents, please, I want to play the harp. Well, they thought it was a phase, as most parents, good parents do. They got me lessons finally with Bridget Stuckey. She was the principal harpist in Fort Wayne. And then about a month later, she ended up moving out of the area. And I didn't take lessons for several years, but I didn't forget about it. And I kept begging my parents. And finally, they found me another teacher was fourth grade, who was Nancy Morse. And she was in Fort Wayne. She was a great teacher. She was my teacher all the way until college. So that's kind of how I got started playing. And then when I was in high school, it was actually that, that teacher, Nancy Morris, who introduced me to Harp Column. She said, oh, there's this great magazine that you should really subscribe to. It has, it's just fascinating. It's got all this great information. It's so practical. You need to, she basically told me you have to subscribe. So being a good little dutiful student, I subscribed and I loved it. My father was a newspaper editor, and so I grew up around the newspaper business and around journalism, and everybody in my family is a writer. My mom's an English teacher. And so I kind of grew up with this writing background, and I thought I wanted to go into journalism in college, but of course I had also had this love of the harp. And when I was in college at the University of Michigan, my mom suggested to me when I was thinking about what to do for the summer, well, well, you should you should write to that harp magazine because that would just be the perfect internship for you. (laughs) So, you know, this was the late nineties or I guess what summer was that? It was the summer of 2000. So this is kind of, I mean, we had email, but I still wrote a letter to Kim and Hugh. I know it's just hilarious, right? And the way Kim tells the story is she opens this letter and she yells over to Hugh, you won't believe this. Somebody wants to intern for us because it's a, it's a very small operation. But they were producing this really professional, well-polished magazine. So people reading it really have no idea that it's such a small operation. And it was just Kim and her husband, Hugh, at that time. At any rate, after laughing about my letter, they were like, oh, well, maybe this could work out. So they did. They invited me out there to Philadelphia for the summer. And I interned for them and learned a little bit about the magazine business, which was very different than the newspaper business, which is what I had some experience in. And the writing style is very different from newspaper to the long form magazine writing. So anyway, I went out there and interned for them that summer. 
and continue to write freelance for them for a few years. And then after college, they were looking for, you know, more regular help and invited me out there to work for the magazine in a more official capacity, which I did. And the rest is history. I've been with the magazine for uh, 15 years now, which is hard to believe. One thing that has always struck me in the time that I've worked for Harp Column is how great a team Allison and Kim make. If you listen to episode 41, you'll have heard Kim's perspective on how Allison first became involved and how she took over the editorial position. I thought it'd be interesting to get Allison's side of the story and to hear what taking over as editor has meant to her. Kim is multi-talented. She was really getting into the online aspect of this and building the site, which I have zero interest or skills in doing. So I was really kind of naturally working more on the print end. She was working more on the digital end. We had talked about it several times, but you know, at some point she said, you know, we needed to make it official, you know, which was a huge honor to me that, that they felt the confidence in me to, to take over something that they had built, Kim and Hugh had built, you know, from the ground up. And, you know, I have immense respect for what they have done not only in the beginning, having the vision to put something like Heartcom together and the vision to make it something not only unique, but they filled a niche and did it in a way that was very valuable to the Harp community. And that's proven by, you know, it's every bit as relevant 25 years later. And I, you know, I give all the credit to them for that and having that vision and the consistency in the product that they put out. Well, credit, credit where credit is due also. I said this to Kim as well. You know, she mentioned in our conversation how Harp Column has always been practical news for practical harpists. You know, it's not as historically based as something like the American Harp Journal, but what's beautiful about Harp Column is, that, yes, it's practical news for practical harpists, but in 25 years, in 10 years, harpists students are going to be able to look back at issues of harp column and see these interviews with these amazing harpists that maybe aren't around anymore. It's invaluable resources to our community that, that you guys have been putting out for 25 years at this point. It's, yeah. it's really amazing. And you've been a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, for our 25th anniversary issue um, in July, we went back and looked at every one of those interviews from the last 25 years. It's 150 interviews. And it was a huge task, but it was made even bigger by the fact that I was being drawn into reading these interviews from you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And so when I was just going to try to get a quote from each interview, I was being pulled in, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I've, now I've read, you know, another entire interview. They're that compelling, even 15, 20 years later. And I love that. I mean, some of my favorite interviews, Judith Lieber is a fascinating interview to go back and read. One of my personal favorite ones was Robin Gordon Cartier, because I interviewed her the summer I interned at Heart Column. And she's just an amazing person. And it was a, just a fascinating experience. I think almost without exception, every single interview has some compelling story in it. And I think that's remarkable. I think that says something about the harp world, that there are that many interesting stories and fascinating people to read about. And one thing we never have a problem is finding people to interview. I mean, there is no shortage of interesting characters in the harp world. So I would highly encourage if you're looking to go down a wormhole, 
to go on our website and read some of those old interviews because they're fascinating. Or even to read about, you know, Elizabeth Hayman 20 years ago, right after she won the job in Philadelphia. And, and reading that now is it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, all of the other articles, well, I mean, of course, some of the articles don't date particularly well, you know, like the harp vehicle from 1999, you're not going to use that, but the advice, some of the sounding board articles, the, the strange, but true stories, the all of, you know, all of those like recurring things that have been going on in the harp column for 25 years, all of those things are still practical and applicable. Oh, absolutely. And when we do our January practice challenge, we go back and dig back into our archives a lot of the teaching articles, the articles about technique and teaching, you know, we were pulling articles from the mid nineties that are still every bit as relevant today. I mean, that stuff doesn't change. So yeah, I think some of the, the technology articles and some of the articles about Hartmobile, that sort of thing may, may not date as well, but a lot of the content is still very relevant. And I love that about the magazine. We're always trying to be as relevant as possible and stay current and helpful to harpists. We talked a little bit about this in our editorial, Kim and I did for the July issue, but in the end, we're all in this harp game together. We're trying to make this a little easier. Being a harpist is difficult enough. So if what we do at HarpCom can make harp life a little easier for people, then we've accomplished our goal. And I think that through our other sites, through the instant downloads of music, and through online learning, bringing the best teachers in the world, the ability to, to watch a tutorial on cross-unders from Isabel Perrin or Lynn Asmus or, you know, hear Kim Robertson play a jig. It's just immensely helpful. If I had had those resources when I was younger, I would have been over the moon excited. So I think that the future of HarpCom is just to continue to make being a harpist a little bit easier and draw in all of these resources into one place where harpists can access them easily. Have you seen Harp Column on social media or click through to a news story on our website? Or maybe you've listened to Harp Column podcast or gotten one of our email newsletters. However you interact with Harp Column, we want to make sure you're getting the very best of what we have to offer, which is the magazine we began publishing 25 years ago. That's right, 2018 marks the 25th anniversary of Harp Column magazine, and Harp Column is still bringing practical news to practical harpists around the world six times a year. Did you know that Harp Column magazine supports all of our other projects? That's why we could really use your help. Subscribe to Harp Column magazine today, so we can continue bringing you all of the harp news and updates you've come to expect from us. Just go to www.harpcolumn.com to sign up today, and you'll receive our September issue in your mailbox. We know you won't want to miss an issue. paying attention earlier in the episode, 
you will have heard Allison mention the biannual harp car article. Now, prepare to have your mind blown, as you'll hear mine was, as Allison describes some of the less, and sometimes more, glamorous parts of creating Harp Column magazine. One thing that's always hilarious is the Hartmobile review. <laughs> so it is a monster of a task to do this Hartmobile review. And Kim and I, when we were both living in Philadelphia, would do it together. And so we would throw a harp in the back of one of our cars and we'd drive out to South Jersey and we'd go to all of these car dealerships. Seriously? Oh, that's how we do it. That's how it's done? That's insane. How did you think we did it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I never is... thought about it. Oh, and I'm gearing up to do it now. And I'm just thinking about how bad I wrecked my back the last time we did it. Because, you know, we test around 30 vehicles usually. And that means you're going around to probably 10 or 12 dealerships because, you know, they're all different makes. You know, I use my own harp and I have to go in there and I have this whole spiel. And you're dealing with car salesmen. And so... You know, here we are. So this is Kim and I. This is probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. We're in South Jersey. So we walk into this Lexus dealership and it's the middle of the summer. It's hot, you know, so we've, we're both dressed for the weather and we both got big sunglasses on. And so here we are, two ladies walk in. We're standing there at the service counter and we see these two guys kind of standing, you know, 20 feet away, kind of whispering to each other and talking. And they're like wondering. So we're like, oh, gosh, here we go. So one of them walks over and he goes, so you'll have to excuse me, but my colleague and I were over there talking. He looks at me. He goes, are you Julia Stiles? And Kim, Kim and I both just busted out laughing because I mean, clearly the, they were standing too far away. Um, I do have a, I just a slight, I have a slight, well, my hair's down. I have a slight resemblance to Julia Stiles and we had sunglasses on and we're in a Lexus dealership and we're, we, you know, we're a little dressed up. Anyway, that was the only glamorous moment I think I've ever had at heart column. <laughs> but, um, the heart, you know, the Heartmobile review, you know, is always a hoot because you show up at these dealerships and these car salesmen think that they see a big fish in the water that they're going to sell some car to. So I try to be really upfront because I don't want to waste their time. You know, they're trying to make a living selling cars and here I just want to see if I can load a harp into the back of their minivan. But uh, yeah, that's how we do it. We, we drive around to all these dealerships and we say, hey, here's what we're doing. I bring a copy of the magazine because a lot of times people don't believe me. And um, I asked if I can just load my harp in the car and take some measurements. I don't think we've ever had anybody flat out tell us no. I mean, we've had some guys give us a hard time, but uh, what do you, yeah, what do you know? To close things out, I asked Allison to share what working for Harp Column has meant to her and how it has affected her life. When my husband was still in graduate school at Michigan, I worked a desk job for a year because somebody had to pay the bills. Freelancing wasn't quite cutting it. So I got this temporary desk job in the admissions office at, at the music school at Michigan. And working that year behind a desk, nine to five, sucked the life out of me. And 
I am thankful for that experience because the one thing it taught me was I needed to do whatever I had to do to not be in that position. Desk jobs work for so many people, but for me, I couldn't do it. Instead of energizing me, it, it literally sucked the life out of me. So after that year, I knew I, I had to pursue what I loved, which was the harp and writing. And so HarpCon for me has really given me the best of both worlds. It's allowed me to pursue my love of writing and journalism, but also it's been flexible enough that I'm, I'm able to still perform and teach and pursue the harp in a way that is fulfilling to me. I'm not a world-class performer. I never was, I never will be, but I love playing. I love teaching. I love, I love being a part of something bigger than me. That's why I love orchestral playing. That's why I love harp power because I'm able to take the words of these amazing artists and these amazing teachers and put them on a page and deliver them to the wider harp world to read and get something out of. And, you know, I love, I love what I do every day. I really do. Even 15 years later for me, harp column has really, I mean, I don't want to sound corny, but it really has been a, a dream job. Kim, are you listening? It's a dream job. I mean, sure. Every, every job has its pitfalls and there are days that are disasters but every job has that. And um, I'm able to be creative at heart poem in a way that really energizes me and um, gets me excited to come to work every day, come to work, I work from home, to sit down and work every day. Allison Reese is a perfect example of how to find a goal, pursue that goal, and work as hard as you can until that goal is achieved. When she first wrote that letter to Harp Column, she had no idea if anything would come of it. But that didn't stop her from putting herself out there. As she mentioned, the Harp world is full of unique voices, and it only takes the willingness to put yourself out there and to work your butt off to create the life that you want to live. For me, Harp Column has been an incredible platform for my own personal creativity. When I first received an email from Allison asking if I would be interested in doing some blogging for the website, I was flabbergasted, honored, and a little terrified. Throughout my time in school, I was always told that I wasn't a strong writer, and the idea of contributing to print or online resources that would be seen by a wide audience was pretty overwhelming to me at first. But through the encouragement and support of Allison and Kim, I was allowed to experiment with all types of contributions until we found the right fit for me. Namely, this podcast, along with many other side projects and jobs. This is all to say, each of you has a unique perspective and something to bring to the greater Harp community. If you have an idea for a story, or you want to try your hand at blogging on a platform that has access to hundreds of readers, or if you just want to be a part of this magical Harp machine in some way, reach out. We're always looking for new voices to feature, new paths to explore, and new harpists to celebrate. That's it for episode 42. 
Many thanks to Allison, Kim, Hugh, Elizabeth, and everyone at Harp Column for creating this beautiful, diverse, and ever-growing community. It has been an immense pleasure of mine to work with each of you, and I can't wait to see how Harp Column continues to grow in the years to come. Music for today's episode comes from an album that our resident music critic, Allison Young, called one of the most memorable discs of the last several years, and one that caused a paradigm shift in what exactly is allowed on stage with the harp. The 2015 disc, together with harpist Yolanda Condonasis and guitarist Jason View. To learn more about Harp Column, please visit www.harpcolumn.com and subscribe today to gain access to past issues as well as a lot of great web content. My name is Dr. Christina Finch, and we at Harp Column hope that you have a spectacular week. <laughs>